purpose. Um, as I said before, a lot of people are out probably on vacation and different things are going on. But today's service is based on something that's been on my heart for years, something that I think God has been um, working on me even since I've been in college and showing me ways on how to reach out to our communities. But three things that I will be answering um, in this service are three questions. Does being a private congregation, which the Disciple Center is really well known at in the community because they all say, well, you have to be invited to come here. Is it biblical for that to be out there amongst others? How are we doing in our homes with building the kingdom of God? Are we doing well with that, with our families? And third, how are we doing in building the kingdom of God outside of our homes? We'll take a look at that through the scriptures. First of all, I want to commend the Disciple Center because with, with one of those questions, building the kingdom of God in our homes, I think we have done an excellent job. I have not seen one child grow up in a home and turn aside and walk away from the faith. Have they struggled? Yes, they have struggled. Even my own right now are struggling. Is there really a God? I can't really see Him. How do I know He's there? Right? I think those are all struggles that even I have struggled with in the past. I remember even as your pastor, I went to... Bruce, who was the lead pastor at the time, and I said, Bruce, I'm struggling with this. But great authors, great um, people of faith have struggled with that same thing. I'm reading a book right now by Mother Teresa, who also struggled with that piece. So to think that our kids won't struggle with it, I I pass that along and let you know that if they're struggling to know if there truly is a God, that's true faith. And we have to live out that faith. And so walking beside them and letting them know, you know, a positive person that came alongside me and maybe I'm feeling down and I get a phone call or a text message from somebody, that's God working through another person to encourage me in that way. All right. In 3 John 1, 4, I see how John himself actually talks about, hey, There's nothing better than to see our children walking in the faith. That is such a blessing. But I also want to point out there that John himself is not talking about biological children. He's talking about spiritual children that he's bringing up in the faith. And so that first question I do want to say, we're doing really good in our homes. I think our children are seeing our faith lived out. They're taking it on for themselves They don't want to walk away from the scriptures. So kudos to the parents, kudos to the community, because it's not just the parents that are raising these children in the faith. I think we could still get stronger in certain ways in our community. But let's look. Is it a call to go out and make disciples? You know what? In Matthew 28, the last words of Jesus to his disciples were this, in Matthew 28, the last two verses. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, 
to observe all that I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, that word teaching right there, that's relational. That is taking on and bringing people alongside you as you walk out this faith. You have to teach them what Messiah had in store for them. Teach them the commandments of our God and help them to live them out. That is definitely a relational word in this context. All right. I also want you to turn over with me to Matthew 7, if you will. But first, as you turn over there, I want to point out to you, a few weeks ago, we actually, as we were saying our statements of faith, we said a statement of faith that's called the disciple's statement of faith. As Jeff led us, one portion of this says, I believe he instructed us, he instructed his apostles to make disciples from among the nations. We are those disciples who believe their testimony. You see, we've come alongside. We have been able to grow up in the faith, as I've talked about this in the past. We are those disciples because those disciples went out. They shared their faith. They taught others. Without them, this faith would have died. But God has His purpose. He has His ways. And I want to be an instrument. Who else wants to be an instrument in this place right now? Who wants to be an instrument for God's eternal purpose? We should all want that, right? Because there is nothing better. If you haven't brought anybody to Christ, I can tell you this. Because I've walked alongside people and helped baptize them in the past. There is nothing better than to baptize a brother or sister in the faith. Coming alongside them, teaching them what God has in store for them. We will learn. It goes on to say, we will learn all that He taught. We will observe all His commandments. We will also... This is what got me. I was like, this needs to go in this sermon. We will also make disciples of our children, which we're doing, and converts. And converts. This is His great commission may be fulfilled in us, so that this commission, which he told us in Matthew 28, may be fulfilled in us. I will say this, as I go back to some of those, are we really doing good about building the kingdom of God outside of our homes? You have to ask yourself that question. I've been asking myself that question for many years now. All right, we're going to look at Matthew 7 and what that says from verse 16, not 15, 16 to 29. I'm going to read through this and then I'm going to go back. But Matthew 7, 16 through 29 says, You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor fig from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. That's people, right? That's people. Where are fruits? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name 
And in your name cast out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I, that's Jesus, will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Who? You who practice Torahlessness, lawlessness. You see? Go back to that teaching passage in verse 28. They weren't doing things. They may have been testifying in Jesus' name. They may have been even casting out demons in Jesus' name because the power of Jesus is strong, but they weren't practicing Torah. They weren't practicing God's Word. Wow, I do not want to be that person. It goes on to give us examples here. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, behavior will... Be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and slammed against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. You see, this passage also gives us really good instructions. In that verse of 24, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, that is behavior, going out, making disciples, as Jesus had taught later on, may be compared to a wise man, built his house on a rock. That can be very scary, to go out in public, go out in your neighborhoods, go out in the community, and help build the larger kingdom of God. But I think some of us, including myself, have been taught how to build the faith in the communities and go out and be a witness for Christ. For example, how many of you went on mission trips? Yeah, a few of us. We went on mission trips. How many of you are taught how to interact with kids? Yep, I was when I did mission trips, right? How many of you went to parks? I'm asking this for myself. How many of us have went to parks and just started to interact with kids or have our kids interact with each other? How many have seen that happen? I have. So when I was in Rome and I was doing a mission trip, I was taught, take balloons, right? Do interactions with these kids. Now, was I building the relationship? I was starting the relationship. There are steps to relationships. I was starting relationships for the missionaries. I was starting to take balloons. This isn't one of those balloons, but I would take them. Now, who doesn't like a balloon? Right? Everybody generally likes a balloon. Not everybody. I know some people are worried about it popping. It's not going to pop. But those long balloons you can make into swords, there's even a picture of me with the Southern Baptist when we went to Rome, and Jeff happened to be there, and we were doing sword fights with the balloons. And they captured the picture. But what I'm saying is, somebody taught me how to do that. Everybody loves a balloon, right? It's interactive. That's how you start to build relationships. And so we can take this. This Word of God says, those who hear the words of mine and act on them may be compared to a wise man who's built on the house of the rock. 
And the rain fell, bad times happened, floods came, winds blew and slammed against the house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, who does not act on them, does not do his word, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. You've heard the words, you're not acting on them. Why would you not want to act on them? Why wouldn't you want to build the kingdom of God for better purposes? Maybe we haven't done a good job in training you on how to go out, how to work with your neighbors. I've been praying, and I will tell you this, over the next year I want to teach you guys all how to go out to your neighbors, how to work in your neighborhoods, how to care for others. Because maybe it's not the balloon, maybe it's an elderly person that just needs you to sit there and listen. Maybe it's just somebody that, that needs to have a good cry and you bring tissues along. It's not the balloon. But we start to build on those things. We start to act on them. We build those relationships, which builds a larger kingdom of God. But then we also bear the fruits. The, the good Lord in, I believe, the book of Luke talks about how in... Uh, talks about how we're part of the harvest. Maybe we're not harvesting. Maybe we were just planting. Maybe we're just sowing. How many of you are used to the growing uh, vegetables? I wish Kim was here because she's really good at that, right? But there's a time to plant the seed. There's a time to cultivate it. There's a time to water it. There's a time to glean it and harvest it. But if you're out there in the fields, sometimes you get that gleaning. Sometimes you get that harvest, and you get to enjoy that fruit. You get to enjoy those vegetables. Those are pieces that we all get to enjoy if we're out doing things in the community. So, I believe the Word of God is teaching us all these pieces. You see, I believe that from my own experience with other pastors in Orange County, they even have told me, Well, I know I have to be invited to your church. Well, I know you have your own church. You're not going to come on a Sunday, right? But whenever we have it on a Saturday, they go, well, can we come or can we not? I said, we need to do away with that concept. I'm sorry, Disciple Center, but the piece of being private, I love it. And I'll get to it in just a minute. But the concept out there of not being other believers being willing to come visit us needs to stop, which means the way we say it needs to change. Matthew seven thirteen and 14, Jesus says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it, for the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are a few who find it. I do believe the concept of a private congregation, we shouldn't move away from it. Because I love how we're membership-oriented. Every year... We sign new forms saying, I commit myself to one anothering in this congregation. That's true. I don't want to move away from it. There's a lot of protection within that private piece of it, that membership orientation of it. But do we want that concept of being private and you have to have an invitation out here? I say I don't. I want to be known as a hosting congregation. What's that mean? That means that, hey, we want to know when you're coming because we want to be prepared for you and we want to be able to take you out to lunch afterwards. We want to know what you think. 
Because any normal Southern Baptist that is coming into this congregation would be like, you guys, it was said earlier, you guys are a little bit nuts, a little weird. But if we're prepared for them, and we can explain why we have a menorah over there, and we have the showbread over here, and we have what really some people have been here for years, and they go, I didn't realize that looks like a menorah when you explain it to me. In here, right, is the ark. Why, why would you guys do that? We want to be able to explain it. It takes hosting. The concept out there is people aren't invited. They're not willing to come. <clears throat> That's even on our website. Is that really the perception that we want? So to answer that question that I said at the beginning, is being private congregational a biblical mindset or a guideline? Yes, I think it is. But we can change the words and how it's perceived to others. How are we doing in our homes? We're doing great, as I said before. How are we doing in building the kingdom of God outside our homes? We're not doing great. I'd say we get a big fat D+. We've got a lot of room to grow there. And I think our God and the scriptures pointed out to us. You see, in Luke, this is what I love about the scriptures, there's always something for us to glean from. And in Luke chapter 9, Jesus himself has talked with his disciples and he's sending them out. They come back. And they couldn't cast out demons. And he says, oh, he, you can see his frustration with his disciples. And then he shows them how to do it. And he says, by prayer and supplication, only these can be cast out. I don't think we're going, by reaching out to our communities, we're going to run into demons and spirits. I think spirits may follow and not like what we're doing. We'll run into that and we'll get through that through prayer and supplication as well. Just what Jesus told his disciples. In chapter 10 of Luke, though, it goes on. It wasn't just his 12. He's now sending out 70. It's time for us to start stepping out. It's time for us to grow. This is something that I've been passionate about. And that now that um, we're taking these next steps, it's time for us to start praying about it. These first steps are all about prayer, seeing what God has in store for us, having God change our hearts and our mindsets. And then, next year, I'm hoping during um, the counting of the Omer and over the summer, we can start to get out in those fields, we can start to plant, we can start to sow, and we can start the beginning of something that may help us grow here at the Disciple Center. Because... I will say this, church, and I hope many of you watch this because there's not many here today. If we don't start stepping out in our communities and we don't start seeing some of that harvest, this church that was started with one generation may end with the same generation. Because our children, even though they're born in the faith, they are going out in the faith, I have not seen them return at this congregation. Their faith is still strong. They are still practicing God's word, but they are not coming back here. There's something that we have to figure out. We are going to have to have tough conversations. And I'm open to that. 
You all know that as a pastor, I'm also a bivocational, and I'm a mental health therapist as well. And tough conversations is what counselors do. And really, to tell you the truth, just a side note, when I have a tough conversation with the mental health therapists out there that are of the world, and I tell them the first counselors were rabbis and pastors, they say, you are crazy. I said, no, they go way before Freud. That's because the Word of God teaches us how to have those tough conversations. It teaches us how to grow. And I think in the same way of Luke 9 and 10, Jesus sends us out, we're going to make mistakes. We've got to be okay with that. The disciples did. We're not the disciples, but as he leads us, we will get better and better at it. And before you know it, we're not just building the disciple center. We're building, the first thing we're building is the kingdom of God, and we may just get a few gleanings here and there. But I don't want this disciple center to stop because as many people have testified, rabbis, pastors, what you have is unique. That is true. Our community is bound together with the people. That's why if we have, say we have a service outside of here next year, it's the people that is the church, not the place. I hope we can have services outside of here. We have had them in the past. The Havara, as Bruce has put it. right. Bruce is coming back in the pulpit. If you guys are anxious about what's going on with Bruce and Trevor, he'll be back in August. Don't worry about that. Let's worry about what we're going to do in our communities. How we're going to build the larger kingdom of God and see what happens and what God allows us to glean from those fields. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you for putting this on my heart. 